Why is it so difficult to love people? Most people are unlovable because they're imperfect, right? I'm going to say yes to that because that's true. Uh, it's so difficult to love people. That's why, you know, this morning, I, I, I thought about dovetailing with the message that our brother, Pastor Reggie, gave us last week. I thought, you know, if we can only love God and love people, this world will be better. Don't you agree? Yes. But Pastor Reggie added a line. You know, everybody knows that we have to love God and love people. Yes? That's all over the Bible. And in fact, you know the greatest commandments. The first commandment is what? Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And the second is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. We know that, don't we? But are we doing something about it? That's why our brother said, hey, wake up. Do something about it. Again, I'm addressing everybody here. We are not a group of performance-driven belief. No, we're not. We are all very scriptural, and we would like to believe that being first will result in doing. But guys, because we're not doing something, maybe there's something wrong with our being. And that's why this morning, I was burdened to, to dovetail that message and really ask this question. Are we doing something about it? Doing, did, done, is an action word, right? They are action words. They are not thoughts. They are not imagination. They're real action words. And our brother is actually telling us last week by his message, what are you doing about it? If you love God and you love people, are you actually doing something about it? Or are you just paying lip service to it, as most of us often do? Do something about it. This morning, I, I would like to, to make a connection on how we can do something about it by relating to you a personal experience. You know, in the last three months, God has been dealing with me in a very nice way, a very powerful way. Um, and as one of your pastors, I need to be able to share this with you and relate it to you because it has impacted me in the most favorable way. And Christianity has become to me so real, something that you need to do, something that you need to apply rather than something that you need to think and know. And I learned so much as God gave me the new job, not only of being a co-pastor of CCFLA, but also being a, a pastor in charge of helping other churches in North America and Canada. And as a result, I was able to interface and interact with people. And I understood what it means, what it means to put your faith in action. And that changed me and impacted me, and I'm here to share that with you. That's why I would like to do something about love, loving God and loving other people. It's not as if we don't know what to do. Pastor Rinsong gave us a message on love. Remember this? 
How do we spell love? You see the word do again? How do we spell love? You know, love is an action word. And do you recall what, what, how do we spell love? It was supposed to be CCF, right? Very selfish, no? CCF. Okay. It's supposed to be what? Number one? Commitment. That's an action word. Commitment. Commit. And then what? Communicate. It's an action word. Communicate. Talk. And then what? Forgive. It's an action word too. Right, Butch? Act. That's, question is, are you doing something about it? Have you become more committed? Joam, have you communicated? I'm not picking you, just to pick you per se, okay? Jenny, did you forgive already that guy that's so unlovable next to you? <laughs> and, then, and then, he did not stop there. Pastor Song followed it up with a message. He said, how do, there, there, there you go again, how do I love thee? Remember what the message was? How do you love God? Many of us say we love God, but how do you really love God? He gave one word. The word is what? Obedience. You know, guys, don't tell me that you love God if you're not obeying God 100%. Otherwise, you're paying lip service to it. Oh, but you say, no, Pastor Dunlaman, go easy on me. I'm a work in progress. Guys, I, I am not, I'm not criticizing that. We are all works of progress, right? But the question is, are we progressing? Okay? We are works of progress, yes, but is your progress moving higher and higher or it has remained flat and therefore you just use it as an excuse to be there where you are? That's why my prayer this morning was, as I opened up, was, Lord, make us see where we are in our Christian life so that when we see where we are, make us see what we're missing. We are here, but actually we can be there. And that's why we're taught to love God and love one another and do something about it. Because the moment you do something about it, hey, you'll be amazed, as I have been amazed in the last three months, on what God can do in your life to make life exciting than just boring. Love was defined, agape love. Look at agape love. Agape love is unconditional love. Seeking the highest good of the imperfect person that you're supposed to love. Okay? Mike, the one next to you, so pretty, but imperfect, right, Mike? I'm looking at Mike, but actually I'm looking at them, okay? And you're supposed to seek the highest good of that person who is imperfect, and often it involves sacrifice. That's love. Now, are you willing to do that? Pastor, ang hirap naman yun. Iba na lang. We are so quick to say that. Therefore, we don't do anything. We remain what? A work in progress. And we don't do anything about it. Love God, love people, do something about it. And that's what I want to talk about today, to help you do something about it. And I hope this will change our Christian lives forever, as it did mine. I'm sharing this from the heart, really, because I have repented. I have repented. We had a leadership meeting yesterday, and I told the leaders, I'm sorry, beginning today, 
I'm going to mean what I say and say what I mean when it comes to what we want to do with our Christian life. Do something about it. How? Do something about it how? You know what? Let me ask you this question. If we're doing something about that, meaning love and loving others, the results will show and be very evident right in this midst, right? Say yes to that. If you agree. If we are doing something about loving God and loving people, guys, this place will be full. People will be coming here because herein are people who are a blessing to be with. Yes or no? You know, I'm not attacking us, but we need to understand the brutal truth because you cannot improve and change without accepting the brutal reality. Right? Hey, God has been good to us. As far as Peter is concerned, he said, we've tripled in numbers since three years ago. You know, hey, we're not counting here. But God will use us if we are what we ought to be. Loving people who love others will be evident in this place. It will be evident in your families, yes or no? If your families are loving God and loving people, you will become a 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 families, yes or no? Because your family members will all be patient. Can you imagine? All of you in the members are so patient, kind, patient, okay? Look at that. Not bragging, not arrogant, not unbecoming. They do not seek their own. All of us will be a 1 Corinthians 13 family. And our family will be so nice, we will be a blessing. And people will mill around us. If we are really doing something about it. The question is, are we? Or we're just doing it in our minds, but not in action. I'm speaking from the heart. Because I experienced this myself. Just look at just look at the, this, the scriptures we read. It all starts with do, right? You know, what happens if we're loving? What happens if we do what God tells us to do? Verse 14 says, do all things without grumbling and disputing. That's actually, uh, uh, not grumbling and disputing is an expression of love, isn't it? Because you are selfless and you're patient. And look what happens. If you are not grumbling and you are grateful, look what happens. You will prove yourselves to be what? blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as what? Lights of the world. Guys, if we love God and if we love people and we're doing something about it, it will show. It will be evident. People will be so attracted to our Christian life because they like what they see. And if they like what they see, people will start to mill around us and we'll be like magnets. And that will be very nice, isn't it? Okay? It will be so nice. Believe me, we will all begin to enjoy being Christians. And that's my challenge to us. Let's take a look at where we are and see what we're doing. In fact, in John 13, 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What are we saying CCF is all about? Discipleship, right? If we're saying that CCF is all about discipleship, we're supposed to be disciples. And we're supposed to be, what? Loving one another. 
And by this love, people will know that we are indeed disciples. So if we love God and we love other people, are we really doing something about it? Or it just remains a theory? If we love God and if we honor, uh, if we love other people, God is pleased and God is honored. But I submit to you, I submit to you, there are still so many who are lost today, looking for answers to the life questions, the, the puzzling questions of life, and they continue living life in quiet desperation. And I submit to you, this place is no exception. You may be coming to church every Sunday. You may be hearing the word, singing with the Christians. But you know, lo and behold, you are probably struggling within and you're still living life in quiet desperation. Looking for answer, but you can't find it. You know, people around us are actually saying this. Love me. Love me when I least deserve it. Because that's when I really need it. Do you realize that's where most people are? I mean, seriously. They are so unloving, and yet they're saying, please, love me when I am least lovable, because that's when I need it the most. And yet what do we do? Ah, you're so unlovable, I cannot love you. You better improve before I really pay attention to you. No, that's not going to happen. Why? Because we, we are not actually doing something about it and loving people the way we should. There are so many people who are dysfunctional, they don't even know they are dysfunctional. Look at this family. You know, they're so normal, right? And yet, they're asking themselves the question, are we yet dysfunctional? Duh! Right? People don't know that they're already dysfunctional because the people around them do not give them feedback and no longer respond to them. And my challenge for us this morning is we should love God, love people, and do something about it. I want to do something about it. Do you? I really want to do something about it because I can picture a world that is so loving, so good, that I, I want it. I want it for CCF. I want it for my family. I want it for your families. And believe me, you will start to become really excited about your Christian life. And I know I'm, I'm making you uncomfortable and I know I'm steering us because that's the only way I think we can go to the next level as far as our Christian life is concerned. Do something about it. Do something about it. How? And I would like to go back to my previous message because God has impressed upon me that sometimes our Sunday messages never get through. Our Sunday messages just fly through. Okay? I was in a D group last Friday and we were asking about the message last Sunday. And people were looking blank. <laughs> and you know, there's a story of a pastor who keeps giving the same message over and over again, Sunday after Sunday. First Sunday, he gave the same message. Love God, love people. Do something about it. Second Sunday, he gave the same message. Love God, love people. Do something about it. Third Sunday, he gave the same message. Fourth Sunday, he gave the same message. And then somebody says, Pastor, Pastor, why do you keep giving the same message? I will not stop giving the same message until you get it and practice it. You know, many times I think, Pastor Insong, Pastor Reggie, we should repeat the message. 
And this morning, I will repeat the message I gave you. You don't even remember when. Because you forgot about it, okay? And that's what I want to give. Because God impressed upon me in the last three months. That's what, that is what exactly what I'm missing. I cannot just go on with my Christian life, going through the motion, doing things over and over again. I got to go, I got to go progress. I got to go change. I got to be more loving. Because if I become more loving, I will accomplish the purpose for which God created me. And you know what? You will be a happy person. You'll be a happier person. Not because you're rich, no. For something else. Because you know you are right with God and you know you are right in the middle of where God wants you. Amen to that? Yeah? So, I will give to you the message I gave again. But this time, I would like you to connect it to doing something about it as far as loving God and loving other people are concerned. My message is this. Being, growing, enjoying Christ-likeness. Again, this is not performance-based. I, I, I don't want, to, get to, I don't want to, to create the impression among young people that this is a set of do's and don'ts. No. First, you have to be Christ-like. You don't stop there. You have to progress. You have to grow in Christ-likeness. And then, as you grow in Christ-likeness, believe me, you will begin to enjoy your Christ-likeness. You enjoy your Christ-likeness. Why? Because this is God's will and purpose for saving you and me. You know why God saved you? Not just to go to heaven. We're going to heaven, right? How many of you are going to hell? Buti na lang, walang nagtaas, no? Okay? We're all going to heaven. Yes, that's good. But you see, if God's purpose were only to go to heaven, then God should have brought us to heaven when we accepted Christ and we became born again. But how come we're still here? Because he has a purpose for us to continue living while we're here. And you know his purpose for us? Be, grow, and enjoy your Christ-likeness. And if you're not enjoying your Christ-likeness, guys, there is something wrong. There is something wrong. You're missing a lot. You know what? It's a, prog- it's a process. So, love God, love people, do something about it. It starts with be discipled, be accountable, and I put the word intentionally. We keep saying we're being discipled, We keep saying that we are supposed to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I submit to you, we are not doing this properly. And we have not been being intentional about it. And as one of your leaders, I confess to you that we will stop paying lip service to the word disciple and we will start doing something about it. I confessed to the leaders yesterday and said, sorry, I have not been doing what I'm supposed to do with you guys because I was more faithful to do what I am doing with the other leaders located in the different states of the U.S., in Canada. I've been spending time with them, but I have not been spending time with you as I should. 
and I ask for their forgiveness. And because of that, I would like to challenge the leaders of this congregation, the leaders of this fellowship, that if we are going to do something about loving God and loving people, if we are going to be, if we are going to be Christ-like, grow in Christ-likeness and enjoy Christ-likeness, we have to begin with the first step. Be discipled and be accountable. But this time, you know what? Intentionally. And we will show you how. The leaders of this fellowship sat down yesterday and said, hey, let's start to do it and do it seriously so that others will do it. And they all agreed, of course, after struggling for a while. The first step is be discipled and be accountable. The word is intentionally. So if you're not being discipled and if you're not <clears throat> being accountable today to anyone, you just missed the first step. Because that's only the first step. Because once you're being discipled and you're accountable, you know, you will understand what discipleship is all about. Discipleship is actually, look, a disciple is a believer of Jesus Christ who is, be, who is in a lifelong process of being built up towards Christ-likeness for the purpose of spiritual multiplication resulting in the glory of God. You've, you've, you've been exposed to this once upon a time. But I am exposing it to you again so that you will see that discipleship, being a disciple, involves growing in the faith towards what? Towards what? Towards what? Towards Christ-likeness, resulting in a spiritual multiplication for the glory of God. Okay? So Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness, discipleship is all about growing in Christ-likeness. It is exactly what Romans 8.29 is talking about. Romans 8.29 is connected to Romans 8.28. And Romans 8.28 is a verse that we like so much. But Romans 8.28 cannot be Romans 8.28 without going through Romans 29. Romans 29 is God's purpose for us. What is God's purpose for us? For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Guys, it's not like you're seeing this for the first time. I gave this message already over and over again. But I hope this time you see it with a purpose. And that purpose is what? Begin to break through in your Christian life and start enjoying your Christian life because you're going to the next level and enough of this mediocre Christianity that we're living with. To become conformed to the image and likeness of His Son. To become conformed to the image and likeness of His Son. That's His purpose for us. So, be discipled, be accountable intentionally. That will lead to maturity and you're growing in Christ-likeness. Because discipleship is all about seeing the people grow in Christ-likeness. Amen? That's the process. That's just the second step. If you are not going to go in Christ-likeness, if you don't go through the first step, the first step is be discipled, be accountable intentionally. Those of you who are being discipled, those of you who are accountable, you know what I'm talking about. But those of you who are not there yet, please, I want you to see what you're missing. You're not going to grow in Christ's likeness if you're not being discipled and if you're not accountable. Trust me, as a pastor, it happened to me. As I was being exposed to the other leaders of the church and I made myself accountable, that's only when I realized 
that there's still so much in my life as a pastor that I'm not doing that I am supposed to address and be accountable with. And to those of you that I have arranged discipleship arrangement, I ask for your forgiveness because I have not done what I'm supposed to do. And this time, with your help, I will. I commit to do something about it, and I hope that you will do something about it as well. That's just the second, the second step. You know what the second step will lead to? To the third step. What is the third step? Right? The third step is God will cause all things to work together for good. Do you like God causing all things to work together for good for you? Do you like God to work in your life that God will fix everything in your life so that your life will become so good? That's not going to happen if the first two steps don't happen. Do you agree? I will show you the verse again. Romans 8, 28. For we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Okay, I know you love God. But there's another thing. To those who are called according to His purpose. What's His purpose? Christ's likeness. So don't expect God to make all things work together for good for you guys. Young people, look at me. You know, you have a, you have a whole life ahead of you. And you want the good life. You want the best life, right? But if you're not going to be Christ-like, you're not going to grow in Christ-likeness, that ain't going to happen. And for people like as old as I am who have probably wasted half of his life and you still want to recover your life, meaning you want God to make all things work together for good, it's not too late. All you have to do is to take a stock of your life and say, Lord, am I growing in my Christ-likeness? Because if I'm not, I want to. Because if I am growing in my Christ-likeness, all things will work together for good as he promised and you know when things are all working together for good here's what's going to happen everything will be so good that it's so easy to love God and to love others yes or no <laughs> you'll be so in love with God oh God I love you for what you're doing I love you for what you're doing and because of that it's so easy to love other people you know, I know of a pastor who was accountable to another pastor. And he told a story of his problem with his son. You know, he was very accountable to the other pastor because they were in a discipleship arrangement. And the other pastor said, what's wrong? What, what is the area that in your life that you need to do? Oh, I have a problem. I need to address my relationship with my son. Oh, really? Okay. Why? Uh, because I have not been able to really address uh, that issue because uh, uh, I don't have a relationship with him. Then what are you doing? Something about it. Nothing. Hey, you are in an accountability situation with me. You better do something about it. So what am I supposed to do? Well, develop a relationship with him. It's not too late. Go for it. And so this pastor said, Okay, in as much as we are in an accountability relationship and as, as much we want to become Christ-like in what we want to do, I will do what I commit to do. So this pastor prayed about it and asked God what he will do so that he will have a relationship with his son that is drifting away. When the opportunity came, the pastor together with his children, the whole family, had dinner. And after dinner, this son 
that the pastor doesn't have a good relationship with and has to develop a relationship, approached his dad, his pastor, and said, Dad, um, can you help me? He said, uh, the dad, who was hesitant because he didn't know what to do, said, why? Uh, you know, mom said you're so good in uh, uh, handling cars, you know, and uh, changing cars, and, you know, meaning from an ugly car, it will become a good car because you can negotiate well with, with, uh, with the car companies, okay? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So can you, can you help me? Can, you, can we go to CarMax and be with me? So this pastor who was hesitating stopped and said, can I do this? But the wife said, go, go do it. You promise you will develop and invest in a relationship with your son. So they went to the, to the, to the car uh, dealer and they were there. The problem was that the car dealer was not willing to do what the, car, the son wants because the son wanted to trade in his old car for a bigger car, a nicer car. But the car company said, you know, you cannot do it because your car is low value, but your loan is so big, so you are upside down. And for you to be able to get this car, you know, you have to pay a down payment. And then the son asked, how much is the down payment? Oh, just 600. Oh, okay. The son said, I don't have that kind of money. And so the dad, the pastor was there looking and said, you know what? I'll pay for that. The son reacted. And the son said, really, dad? You're going to pay for it? Oh, you are excellent. You are so good. You know, kulang na lang, halikan niya yung tatay niya sa tuwa or something like that. And then he said, really, you're going to do it? Yes, I will. Long story short, the car was processed. He got the car. But when we got the papers, the, the pastor said, this is, this is ridiculous. The interest rate is very high. And, you know, something, you can do something about this. And then the pastor said, you know what? Get the car, bring the car. But on Monday, let's do something about this even more. Really? The son said. Really? Yeah, he said, let's do something about it. Let's talk to my bank, to the bank on Monday, according to the pastor, so that they will do, be able to do something about it. Monday came, and the son called the bank and said, hey, my dad said that you, know, you are arranging this uh, uh, car to be refinanced so that it will be better. Okay? And then the son said, the bank said, you know, we thought about it long and hard, but we cannot do it because it's just not possible. Why? The son said, because you're upside down, right? So what, what, what needs to be done, tell your, tell your father that uh, additional money is required for down payment. Oh, okay. So the son was disappointed. He called his dad and said, Dad, I don't think it's possible for your bank to do it because uh, they are requiring a down payment. The dad said, how much? They're asking for 1400 more. Uh, okay. So what are you going to do? Asked the father. The son said, it's okay, dad. I will just, I'm happy with this car. Even if, even if the interest rate is high, I, I'll, I'll work it out. I'll try to, to improve my, my, uh, my credit so that, you know, maybe one year after we can bring down the price. Okay, so he hung up. The father thought about it and called the bank. And when the bank said, yeah, your son is right. It needs more down payment. Okay, you know what, you know what the father said? You know what, what if, what if how, much is, how much is needed? 
an additional 1400 Okay, why don't you just get that from my account and proceed with the deal? Is that what you want? The bank said, yeah. And okay, then I will just call your son about this. Okay? Phone down. 15 minutes after, the phone rings. The son was asking the dad, Dad, are you really going to pay 1400 for me? Are you really going to do this for me, etc., etc., etc.? Oh, you are so good. I really love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know? That's what I mean by God making all things work together for good. And I, I understood that through the eyes of the Son. You know, the Father, in His limited ability, was able to make all things work together for His Son, didn't He? Right? And what was the reaction of the Son? Joy, excitement, love, you know? The, the, the son was so, who was distant, by the way, for a long time, all of a sudden became close and said, Lord, wow, you're doing this for me? You know, not Lord, Dad, you're doing this for me? Okay. I get carried away sometimes. But you know what I saw? What I saw was, if God will cause all things to work together for you and me, in the same way that the dad made all things work together for good for the son, Guys, you will enjoy God. It will be so easy to love God. God, I love you. You fixed it for me. But you know, until you are able to experience God making all things work together for good, you will remain mediocre in your Christian life and you will say, okay na to. Happy na ako dito. No, you're missing a lot. God wants you here. But you're here. Why? Because you're not growing in Christ's likeness. And because you're not growing in Christ-likeness, all things are not working together for good. And the reason why you're not growing in Christ-likeness is because you are not being accountable or you are not in a discipleship arrangement. Again, this is not a set of do's and don'ts. This is the process that God appointed. And God wants us to go into it. I want to make myself available. And I hope you too will make yourself available. God created us and designed us and saved us for Christ-likeness. I gave this message before, and I'm going to go through again, because I want you to get it this time. Christ-likeness is God's purpose for us. All who are ignorant of the purpose for which they live are fools and madmen, John Calvin said. What's God's purpose for you? Hello? Make it louder, please. Christ-likeness. If you are not growing in Christ-likeness, then you may be living like a fool or a madman because you're pursuing other purposes in your life. Not knowing the purpose for which you were created by the Maker will result in what? You pursuing other purposes leading to use your life the wrong purposes. I don't know what you're pursuing right now. You can pursue your career, but you can be Christ-like in your career. Yes or no? You can be a doctor, but you can be a Christ-like doctor. You can be a lawyer, but you have to be a Christ-like lawyer. You can be a husband, but you have to be a Christ-like husband. You can be teenagers enjoying your iPad, whatever you're doing there right now, okay? okay? But I want you to be Christ-like, okay? But if you don't know what Christ-likeness is, listen first now, would you, okay? 
Joking only. Okay? What happens when you are asked? What happens when you are asked for a purpose other than your, your... What happens when you are used, rather, for a purpose other than you were designed for? Masisira ka. Di ba? You know, if you use your iPhone, like I said, okay, to hammer a nail, what will happen to your iPhone? It will be destroyed because it's not a hammer. Right? And many of us are doing that unintentionally and unconsciously because we're living lives other than the purpose for which God created us. And that's why we are being destroyed. You will malfunction. You will eventually get destroyed. You will... You will cause other complications and collateral damages. I love you, honey. Sooner or later, you will look like this. It is a family that's so dysfunctional. Okay? You will be like this. Your children, there are collateral damages because you don't know what you're doing and you are just inflicting it on yourselves because you are not pursuing the purpose for which God created you, which is Christ-likeness. Dysfunction damages. Do you like that? Or you like all things to work together for good. You know, no-brainer. I don't like dysfunction. I don't like damages. I'd like to make all things work together for good. Because, because if things are working together for good, you will be that like, you'll be like that son who's telling his dad, God, dad, I love you. I love you. You're so special. Ang galing-galing mo talaga. Sana, sana, sana. You know? I saw that and I understood it. And I said, I like to be that son this time to my father in heaven. Because I want to enjoy being Christ-like. God created, designed, and saved us for this purpose, Christ-likeness. Again, all who are ignorant for the purpose for which they live are fools. Don't be fools. Be wise. Pursue God, Christ-likeness. Question, are you? Will you? I asked this several months ago. Did you do something about it? Maybe not. So next week, this is my same message. I'm going to give the same message again. Until all of us get it. No, I'm just kidding. Gita, I will not. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> Grow in Christ-likeness how? Very simple. Enjoy your Christ-likeness. Enjoy your Christ-likeness. Why do women keep shopping till they drop dead? Why? Tell me. Huh? Why do boys stay up morning, up till the morning playing games? Killing each other, kicking each other, doing like this, doing like up to the wee hours of the morning. Why? When friends chill out and talk, why can they talk forever? Because they're enjoying it. Right? Why can we not be Christ-like? Because we are not enjoying it. We think, ay, performance na naman yan. Kailangan gawin ko na naman yan. You know, many times, guys, it's a balance. We cannot be unless we do. You know, it's like golf. Right? I realized, you know, the golfers here, you know, golf is the most spiritual game in the world. Good. You know, why do you play golf? You enjoy it. 
But do you enjoy it and just be the same golfer over and over again? Not improving? Ulrich, answer. No. You know what Ulrich does? He buys the latest equipment. He goes to the pro shop, analyze his swing, and do everything about it so that he will become a good golfer. How do you measure his improvement in golf? There is. When your handicap goes down. You know, fortunately, I'm the lowest handicap in this fellowship. Not for long, Sabinio. The lower your handicap, the better you are. Right? That's why there's a measurement. And you know what? The more your handicap goes down, the more you enjoy the game. You know why? Because it's a tira lang. Boom! Ando ka na sa green. Hindi ka mukha ni Tony. Oblong na yung bola, wala pa sa labas. You know why I can joke? You know why I can joke with these guys? Because they know I love them. And they know we love each other. But what I'm trying to tell you is the Christian life is similar to golf. You just don't play for the sake of playing. No, you want to improve. Why can we not do the same for the Christian life? Why are we happy where we are and not progress where God wants us to be? Because we don't know if we are progressing. Because nobody is teaching us. Who's supposed to teach you in golf? The person who knows better. That's discipleship, Ulrich. And you know why you want to go to the person who knows? Turuan mo naman ako, turuan mo naman ako. Sige na, para dumiretso yung palo ko. Bakit nagagawa natin yun sa golf, sa Christian life? Ayaw natin. Because we don't see the connection. And we're missing a lot. Why are we not enjoying Christ-likeness? You know why? Because we have no idea what Christ-likeness means. <laughs> okay, I'll give you an exercise. Discuss with the person next to you what Christ-likeness is. Sige nga. Oh, sige, Go. Boots and Enners, discuss. What is Christ-likeness? Oh. Pag hindi nyo madiscuss yan, patay na tayo. Hmm. <clears throat> Ike, ah, uh, can you discuss it with, uh... <laughs> what is Christ-likeness? Ah. Uh, Alvin, I'm gonna ask you what Christy will say, okay? Mommy, I'm gonna ask you what Dad will say, okay? What is Christ-likeness? Come on. Oh, okay. Ang daming tumatawa, daming gumagano, ang daming gumagano, ang daming gumagano, okay? Well, well, what's my point? <laughs> How can we grow in Christ-likeness if we cannot even describe what Christ-likeness is? You know, I was in a meeting and somebody said, I like Christ-likeness. I like that. Oh, what about, what is Christ-likeness? I like the power of Christ. To convert water into wine, okay? Is that Christ-likeness? You know, we can go all from like one end to the other. But is that what Christ, is that what God wants as far as Christ-likeness is concerned? No. No, guys, if we don't know what Christ-likeness is according to the scriptures, we're lost. We cannot even expect to be Christ-like because we don't have an idea what it is. This is Christ-likeness. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 8. The passage, if you look at your Bible, will have a title or a subtitle which says, Imitate Christ, be like Christ. And therefore, this is what Christ-likeness is. Okay? What is Christ-likeness? Verse 3. Don't do anything for selfish purposes. 
But with humility, think of others better than yourselves. Huh? That's Christ-likeness? Yeah! Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for the others. All right. So if you want to be Christ-like, you look at the person next to you and say, hey, you're more important than me. Hey, I will seek your interest first. Hey, it's not about me. It's about you. But what is the world today? The world today is about, it's about me. It's not about you. Selfishness, right? That's the word. So, the first Christ-like behavior is what? Be selfless. I gave this message already. And now I hope it's beginning to sink into you. If you want to grow in Christ-likeness, you have to grow being selfless. Amen? What's number two? Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. It's be humble. Christ-likeness is being selfless and being humble. If you want to make all things, if you want, if you want God to make all things work together for you, you have to grow in Christ-likeness. What is Christ-likeness? Be selfless, be humble. Napaka simple. You know, believe me, it's so simple. Sometimes people miss it. And then, the Apostle Paul gave the example. Ayaw mo maniwala? Mahirap yan, ha? Imposible yan. Sakit yan, Pastor. Mahirap yan. But you know what? The Apostle Paul knew exactly how you're going to react. That's why he said, hey, look at what Christ did. Adopt the attitude that this was in Christ Jesus. Look at this. Although he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. Do you see that? He's God, but he gave up his being God. And then what? Verse 7. He emptied himself, taking the form of a, bond of a slave by becoming like a human being. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Ha! Very clear. So, Alvin, ano sabi ni Christi about Christ-likeness? Joy? Sabi niya, joy? Joy, okay. Denise, ano sa nangabi ni... Being like Christ, you see? Very clear, being like Christ. Okay. Christ-likeness, humility, right? Christ-likeness, selflessness. And then he added a phrase. Selfless humility to the point of death. Guys, you're supposed to be humble and selfless up to the point where you're going to die. If your parents tell you to obey them, and if you want to be selfish, you won't obey them, right? But if you are selfless and humble, okay, mommy, I'll do it. But, no buts. You have to do it up to the point of death because Christ did it. You know, if you do that, your life will be so good. God will make all things work together for good. You will never know what hit you. It's a promise. I am staking out myself to you guys because I know God will fulfill it. You get me? You're young and your whole world is ahead of you. And if you're going to practice selfless humility to the point of death, boy, you will really love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Because he will make all things work together for good for you. I never discovered this, but did you know in Numbers 12, 3 said, Now the man Moses was very humble, 
more than any man who was on the face of the earth. I never realized that Moses was the most humble man. He never knew Christ then yet because Christ never existed then, right? But you know how God described Moses? He was the most humble man in the face of the earth. So if I were to apply the definition of Christ's likeness, which Moses never knew, I can say to you right now that Moses was the most Christ-like person even before Christ came. And you know what? Here is, here is what happened. God made all things work together for good for Moses. If I can prove to you, if I can prove to you that you can enjoy being more and more like Christ, will you commit to become more and more like Christ by being discipled and being part of a group? Yes. Deal? Oh, no, deal? If I can prove to you that you can enjoy your Christ likeness more than you can ever imagine, will you commit to be a disciple and become part of a D group? Moses, the most humble man, the most Christ like man. Look what God did to him. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, said, Reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Ibang prophet yon, Okay? But look what I did to Moses. Sabi niya, but this is not true to my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face. Wow! And not in riddles. He sees the form of God. Did you know that Moses was the one who saw God? Guys, if, if God will tell you, I will reveal myself to you and I will make all things work together for good for you, will you promise to grow in Christ's likeness? I think you will because you know it's worth it. Many times we don't do what we're supposed to do because we stop. We are just happy where we are. Okay, what is Christ's likeness? This is the way, Christ-likeness. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of the others better than yourself. That is Christ-likeness. What is the enjoyable benefit? Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united, agreeing with each other. What's that picture? Is that a picture of, of discord? Is that a picture of awai? That's a picture of harmony, right? Loving, peaceful, united, harmonious relationship. Now, if, you're, if you have all the money in the world, pero ang dahil mong kaaway, tsaka hindi wala nagmamahal sa'yo, lahat sa'yo galit. Okay ba yun? No. But if you don't have the money, you just have enough, but your relationships are, wow, super. You're all, you're, you're, you'll be joyful because you have, you're loving, you're united, and you are agreeing with each other and there seems to be oneness in everything that you do. Isn't that beautiful? But how will that happen? The only way that that will happen is if you're Christ-like. And you know what? I, I will describe this enjoyable result as sinning less and less. Really? Talaga? You mean to tell me harmony and love and being united is a picture of sinning less and less? Yes. You know what sin is in the first place? 
You know why sin was committed by the angels who rebelled against God? Because of what? Pride and selfishness. Pride and selfishness. You know why Eve fell in the temptation? Because pride. He wanted to be like God. And at the same time, he likes what he sees. She sees. So the root of sin is what? Pride and selfishness. And what is Christ's likeness? The opposite. Selfless humility to the point of death. So if you are Christ-like, you actually eliminate sin in your life. And when you eliminate sin in your life, guess what God will do? Will God bless you? <laughs> Absolutely. But, 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 but how do I know if there's sin in my life? Well, precisely. Your discipleship arrangement will show you and help you find out what areas in your life you're still selfish and proud. Are there still are there still areas in your life where you are proud? I don't want to study, mommy. I know that already. I don't want to eat that, mommy. I only like to eat this. You know, you're disobeying actually because you are proud and you're selfish. You don't give in. You don't love actually because you are proud and you are selfish. Christ-likeness is enjoyable. Why? Because it's a life full of Christ. This is a message series that I would like to develop. And I'm not going to stop until everybody in this fellowship will get it. I will develop a message series on Christ-likeness. I will develop a message on, a, a series on enjoying your Christ-likeness. And I will show you that God will make all things work together for good for you because your life will be full of Christ. Number one, you will conquer sin and trials. You like that? Number two, you will have hope and not despair. R, you will rejoice, not defeated and depressed. I, you will have inspiration and not discouragement. S, you will have success, not defeat or wasted life. And T, you will be thankful and not grumbling. Because if you are full of Christ, you will be light to the world. You will be an inspiration to the world. And like I said, we will be so loving, so loving, that we will e it will be easy for us to love others. And people will come around us because this is a place to be. I'm talking with a passion because I experience it. You know, I'm beginning to love God more now because I can see him moving in my personal life. My body is wasting away. My growth is not getting any better, but believe me, I am a happy person because of what God is doing with me, my wife, and my family. We're not perfect, but I would like to believe that we are progressing in selflessness and humility to the point of death. That's why Romans 8.28 is there. For we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And his purpose is what? Christ-likeness. That's the way. What's the benefit? God's blessing enjoying your Christ-likeness. I sound like a broken record, but only through repetition can finally the message will get home. And I hope you're getting it. Is your life full of Christ? Is your life full of Christ? Maybe the answer is yes or no. Is your life full of Christ? Is the life full of Christ enjoyable or not? Maybe the answer is no for you yet. Process it. But for those of you who say yes, then it will, be, it will become more and more like Christ. If you are selflessly humble, if you are selflessly humble to the point of death. How can, be, how can one be Christ-like, selfless, or humble? 
First, there's no shortcut. First, you have to be born again. I'm sorry. This is not my standard. This is God's standard. You have first to be born again. You need to know what salvation is. You have to become a child of God by believing and receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That, that son who enjoyed the, the blessings of his father, he had to be a son first, right? If he were not a son, would the father do it? No. So you have to be born again first. If you're here and you don't know what being born again means, I'd like you to see Peter after this message, okay? <laughs> and he will share with you what it means to be born again. Number two, you need to grow and mature through discipleship. Be intentionally, uh, be intentionally discipled by a mature and Christ-like persons like the D-group leaders of CCFLA. At this point, I'd like the CCF D-group leaders to please stand up. Please stand up. If you are a D-group leader, please stand up. Please, don't be ashamed. Don't shy. Come on, don't shy. Stand up. Please stand up. Those of you who know your leading groups, stand up. Okay? Guys, look at these people. These people are available for you to be discipled intentionally. And these people are giving up much of their time so that you will grow in Christ-likeness. And you know, I want to thank you as you are standing for what you're doing because if we are going to be together in doing this, I think we will go to the next level. Please sit down. Thank you very much. <clears throat> be safe. Number two, be part of a D group. And as you grow and mature in Christ-likeness, I am sure you would want to do the same for other people. And that's the way, believe me, that God will be so pleased with this congregation. And God will be so pleased with this congregation, He will make all things work together for good. But you cannot imagine how much you will love Him. Imagine now if all of us will be Christ-like, selfless, and humble. Imagine it. What picture do you see? Is it good? Come on, guys, is it good? Will the families be better? Will the communities be better? Will this country be better? Absolutely. As selfishness and pride fades in our midst, will you see people loving each other? Yes. Love God, love people. Do something about it, you know? The first step is be discipled, grow in Christ-likeness, second step, and then see how God will work together for good in your life, and you will begin to enjoy everything that God has prepared for you. And it's easy to love other people. Will there be joy, love, unity, harmony amongst us and our relationships? Will it be enjoyable? Really? Come on, say so. Will we grow as bright and attractive lights against the dark world of selfishness and hate? Absolutely. We will be good examples of what it means to be true Christians, making a difference in their world. What's your world? Your family. Your work. Please shine. Please be a light. Christ's likeness is enjoyable. It's a life full of Christ. Hope, rejoicing, inspiration, success thankfulness.
That's for you. And I will talk more about that in the future. Meanwhile, please decide to be discipled and be accountable so that you will grow in Christ's likeness, so that you will now see God cause all things to work together for good. It will be so good, believe me, you will love God, you will love others. Now you know why CCF is all about discipleship. Now you know why we sound like a broken record and tell you, please, let's do discipleship. But this time, I want you to know, and I'd like to repeat what Pastor Song said, we mean what we say and say what we mean. But this time, we're going to put some teeth to it and be examples of what it means to be disciples. We will make disciples who will make disciples. So if you're a CCF LA member, be a disciple who will make disciples. Say that to each other, please. Be a disciple who will make disciples. Be discipled, be accountable intentionally. You will enjoy your Christ-likeness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you for taking over and allowing the Spirit to do what He needs to do to us. I pray, Lord, that what we heard will take root in our hearts and apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.